Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode number 84. My name is Craig Prowse and joining me is the most lovable and funnable man, Manjo Montemay. I think I could have been like one of those things at one point in the day, but it's a rainy day. It started off rainy. I did so catch a glimpse of that. I am place. tired today because I um I don't know what you call them. People who are like tired when it rains. Oh, I don't know. Is there a word for that? I don't know, but they thought I was lying at work, and so I had to, like, Google it, and I'm like, no, that's, like, a real What, thing. manically depressed? <laughs> that, too. Okay, okay. So, um, guys, we are drinking beers around here, so if you like to drink along, pause it, go grab something, drink along with us. This one Andrew actually picked out. I've never heard of this before. It's the Omission. Uh, it's the gluten-free. It's an American lager sitting at 4.6% by the Omission Brewing Company out of, I believe it's out of Seattle, right? Uh, tell us, Andrew, how did it catch your eye? How'd you see it? Uh, where'd you get it? Did you get it at that, uh, little beer spot down the way? Yeah, the liquor place. Um, I actually only got it because it said bright and crisp on the box, and I was like, good, I need that in my life right now because I'm fucking tired <laughs> today. But also, at first I didn't get it because I don't know why in my head, like, I was looking at the O, but look at the box. I thought it was like an egg. And so I was like, I don't want some egg fucking tasting some beer. Ass beer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's good though. I mean, like but it says, I was bright, like, and well, crisp. bright and crisp, gluten free. I could l- use a little less gluten in my life. Hey, who can't we all? So uh, overall, good choice. Um, it is actually very good, and I, I don't know when we were talking about skunky beers lately. <laughs> this is a skunky beer, so it's like exactly what I fucking needed. Let's see. Let's see. At least 10% skunk. Yeah, yeah, just the right amount of skunk in every bottle. So, uh, before we move any further, guys, take a moment to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, and make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel if you guys like the show, as well as follow all the social medias that pop up if you guys want to. And if you are going to listen to the audio-only version of the podcast, do us a favor and leave us a nice review because reviews, good reviews, is what makes the podcast world go round. Leave a scathing review. They say any press is good press. Any press is good press. And as Andrew says, hit that notification button so you can see when all of our videos come out, including a new power hour that somebody just made. Yeah, you might have gotten a bunch of those notifications today, so I'm sorry because for some reason it won't fucking play in America. You keep it which... under you keep it under pub, uh, private though, right? It is now, but I was trying to test it earlier to see if it would fucking publish, and so I was getting those notifications, so I was like, okay, cool, at least that's working. Okay, so that should be out hopefully sooner than later. So before we get into our big stories, we like to you know see what each other have been up to for the week with what we call, what are you up to? Well, they, we see what we've been playing, what we've been watching, any trips or anything we have plan going on so i want you to start because i feel like mine's less interesting (laughs) well mine's not that interesting i've been and i'm sure a lot of people that are watching this have done the same the snyderverse just came out the snyder full snyder cut of the justice league and as well as um the first episode of the falcon and winter soldier on disney plus so is that uh, yeah, so I, I put the MCU aside for a little bit because I'm still doing that. But the DC ones, I mean, that's a four-hour run. I mean, that takes a lot out of you to just sit. Because I watched it all in one sitting. I watched Falcon first, and then I watched uh, Snyder Cut. So it was just put it all together. It was a five-hour run. Um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, that opening is beyond gorgeous. It's like, it is so cinematic looking that I, you're watching it just going, damn. Like, if this is where MCU TV shows are moving, then they've got nothing to worry about. Like... There's this whole opening scene with uh, the Falcon uh, 
you know, he's flying around. He's in the canyon. He's trying to save, I think it was like a captain or something like that. He's coming in out of helicopters. Like, the fight scene was badass. And then they kind of dive further into well, what's been going on the last couple of years since Bucky's been, uh, you know, since he's been gone for 100-something years. You know, what's life like now with him? And what's going on with Sam's sister who, because uh, he bleeped out, like, what her life's been. There's a whole thing where... Um, since people are, were gone for five years, like credit checks are like all diminished. So there's a whole scene where they got to go to like a bank to get a loan and they discuss certain things, things you never would have thought about the show would even um, put in. But once you, once it's there, you're like, oh yeah, that makes kind of some sense of like, where would some of these heroes be and how they've been getting by. So without diving too much into that, the Snyder Cut is a, in my mind, a superior version to the original Justice League that came out in I think 2017, they they've put in they've added a lot of good things that added heart. Like Cyborg is an, is a really big important piece of the puzzle. They made Steppenwolf not a joke, and the parts you get to see a dark side are absolutely like cool. And he's very different from like a Thanos type villain. So I really really enjoyed that. You have a question? Would you put it over Endgame? What, Snyderverse? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Endgame's the shit. So that's what I've been uh, watching. What I've been playing is I've been kind of just, you know, not really playing anything because I knew a lot of good games were coming on the 25th as well as on April 1st. So I just started picking up Octopath Traveler, started playing that. I already beat it on the Switch, and it's a great game. So I highly recommend anybody to play it. And it is so good because I don't really play games twice if I've already beaten it. But, like, it's that good of a game where I'm going to replay it on Xbox, and it's perfect. It's a perfect Plus get game. get the achievements, yeah. Yeah, get the achievos, and it's a perfect game to listen to a podcast because there's there's dialogue in it, but since I've already, like, beaten it and I already know the stories, I can just kind of cruise through them and play. And then, of course, on April 1st, we've got Outriders coming out, and I can't wait to play that. So, And I want to give a happy early birthday shout-out to Denny Sixberry. His birthday is tomorrow, so if he's watching this, yeah, happy birthday, Dennis. Happy birthday. What about you, sir? What have you been up to? Um, I actually finally finished fucking Dragon Quest Eleven all the way through. Got the true ending. And I, I, I'll tell you that story hey, here's a later cheers, on. Because I've been saying it for weeks. I'm like, Andrew, dude, this game's going to take weeks out of your life. And sure enough, I think he started on episode 72. on episode 84. Yeah, no, it took a while. But it was really good. Definitely worth the journey. And I started uh, Code Vein, made my character. Posted it to the Instagram if you're interested in what it kind of looked like. And that Code Vein was pretty- good. It's like an anime Dark Souls, and it's a little bit not as heavy as I would like, like how Dark Souls is. Like, when you hit something, you kind of feel it, whereas I feel like I hit something, but it can it doesn't, like, stagger the way that it would. But, I mean, it's I, I'm only, like, an hour or so in, so I, I remember liking the beta before, so it's been pretty cool so far. So I think I'm actually going to start Yakuza to run with that, because I'm trying to do something shorter, and I... Lately, I look up every game, how long it is to beat it without skimping or anything. So I always go to howlongtobeat.com. Said that game was 25 hours. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can run that with like a Yakuza. Because Yakuza is just a straightforward beat em up story. But that game, I love doing everything in it. So that'll be my 50 hour on the side game too. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. And then we'll play Outriders on the first. Yeah. And I, actually, that was the only reason I haven't started Yakuza yet. I was like, okay, I'm going to wait and start Outriders, see what's up with that first. Because I don't want to have three separate games going. But if that game kind of doesn't really take off, take off, then I'll jump into Yakuza. Excellent, sir. Excellent. Is that everything you're up to? Watching anything? Doing anything? Planning anything? Have not done nothing right, lately. So they beat a good, that DQ11 just took it all out of you, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I just dedicate all my time to that. But actually, this week, it should be here. I don't think I ever mentioned it before, but I did do one of those um, 
I forget what it's called, but you chip in money for... Uh, it was like a Kickstarter, but for like a book or whatever. And it's actually... Oh, the, the Resident Evil book. That the you, Resident yeah, Evil yeah, History yeah. book. And uh, mine should actually be here this week. And that was something I did like, I think like a year ago, a year and a half Damn. ago. And I might have mentioned it on the show before like a long time ago. But either way, I'm super stoked because it's pretty much just, you know, the history of Resident Evil... As far as, like, development, production, what happened, how they got the ideas, and everything. And I think this book is only for the first four games, and then it goes... They're going to do a sequel from there. But I've seen some people getting theirs online, and the hardcover looks beautiful. So, cannot wait to get mine so I can read that. Because I haven't been a big book reader lately, but I feel like this will definitely pull me in. suck you right back in. So, awesome. So, guys, let us know what you've been up to down below in the comments. Your stories, what you've been playing, what you've been hunting for. So... With all that down and out of the way, let's move into our big story. And that is that the Xbox Indie Showcase uh, just launched. That was earlier today. The reason Andrew and I pushed the show back a day was so that we could watch it and talk about it. This thing was huge. This thing was about three hours and some change. And this is the uh, first official event where Microsoft and Twitch had teamed up. It showed off over 100 games. It had um, some very personable like Twitch hosts doing some of the uh, the interviews as well as hosting. It showed off new trailers and gameplay, uh, big Game Pass news, interviews and indie development outlets. And um, it was really a lot to take in. And I think overall it was a pretty good um, you know online show to take in because there are a lot of things that are coming out like the... Um, the Nintendo Directs, the Square Presents, and things like that. And a lot of people are kind of going, you know, how many of these little things do we need sprinkled out? You know, we just want our big E3 event back that just kind of showcases everything. Well, you know, taking everything out from everything, my, this was all Microsoft, and it was a, it was huge. And I kind of just wanted to sprinkle, um, well, not so much sprinkle, but talk in, in, about three things that uh, – kind of caught our eye because this is way too big for us to dissect. We couldn't go, we couldn't yeah. sit here and talk about everything that came out. And the three main things that I kind of wanted to touch on was that, you know, how good was this show? You know, it's clearly filling a void that a lot of people want in terms of big, uh, big news uh, days. And this thing was huge. You know, how did it stand its ground? And I also wanted to go into, you know, how it expressed its encouragement for indie developers to either come out or how to get started or how to nurture relationships with Microsoft. And also, you know, what exactly does this mean for Microsoft and what is it getting as well as what the Game Pass is going to get? So, and we can and we can sprinkle in, that's where the sprinkle comes in. You know, what games kind of caught our eye during that? So, I mean, we can just start with the overall thing, Andrew. You saw, you know, this thing for three, three and a half hours. Clearly, this is the biggest event we've had. I, I would say not only this year, but last year. Uh, overall impressions, thoughts, I mean, just right, not enough. I honestly thought it was okay. Like, I think that they could have cut down on some of the interviews because some of them, it just didn't make sense. They would show, like, 20 seconds of gameplay, 30 seconds of gameplay, a minute of gameplay, but then have, like, a 30-minute interview with somebody. I'm like, I don't get that because you're all you're doing. One, I would hate, to that they would just keep rehashing what they were talking about. So someone would be, like... Oh, well, I thought this game looked great. I thought that game looked great. And then 40 minutes later, they'd say the same thing. And it was just part of the, oh, well, this game looks great because of this and that. I liked seeing all these indie developers get out there, get their chance to not be, like, overshadowed by anybody. You know, they're kind of at the forefront. But some of them were just, I felt like it was just too much back and forth and too much of, like, nothing. Especially when they showed off, you know, some of the games deserved it because it did show, like, a bit of gameplay 
And again, it may just be my interest or not interested in whatever that particular game might have been. But like that fishing game, I didn't. Um, do you remember which one was called? Oh, I Mo- felt like uh, Moonlight uh, Bay or Moonglow Moonglow Bay. Because I felt like that was like the first one. I was like, okay, this game kind of looks okay, and I don't really feel like they showed that much. But that interview was like fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, I thought that was one of the weaker things overall that it had was the interviews now they, they had about five or six of these interviews and, and again to each their own on your taste but i thought they went on just they were 20 to 30 minutes and it and it really felt like they were regurgitating the same answers over and over and over so i think what xbox needs to do because what was happening was the people interviewing them were just twitch personalities they weren't professionals and i think that's where they kind of made their mistake i get that it's cool that you're trying to add in you know people that Twitch people, celebrities that they know, but a lot of these people couldn't really direct a question or it was kind of leading it to the developers to just kind of tell the story. And when you've got people just kind of like half-assing either either side, it's just going to dry out. And I thought that was pretty much the weakest part. But other than that, outside of the interviews being, you know, unprofessional, in my opinion, um, it showed off a lot of good stuff. So if we were to look at like what they were encouraging, it really kind of showed the scope that these indie games are more than just like 2D pixel art side scrollers. Like right. a lot of these things came out looking like big AAA first person like shooter games. That actually, were, I want to jump yeah, on that. The, sure. very, the very first one that they showed off was called like Exo Mecha. Exo Mecha. Yeah. It looked like a AAA game. Yeah. That game was actually really, really good looking. The only part of it that looked rough is when he would do anything that involves another character. So, like, he would go to stab someone, and it would be, oh, like, weird. Turns around, he, looks at him. <laughs> yeah, there's that, like, one point where, like, he, like, put the dude on the ground before he stabs him. I'm like, is he going to fucking, like, kiss him goodnight or something? And then he <laughs> fucking kills him. And I'm like, well, that kind of took forever. But then there's, like, this giant, almost, like, Power Rangers fucking guys fighting. And then there's, like, another, like, Zoids-type, like, dragon yep. thing fighting. And graphically, like, it looks good. It is a good-looking game. So this is kind of making other games, like, that are, like, trip. I, you know, this looked better than a lot of AAA games that you see. Yeah, it was cool because when we first started, um, my IGN, like, and GameSpot, like, I couldn't hear anything. Nothing was playing. Yeah. So I had to go to a different stream that had people, and I hate when people talk over shit, you know, but I guess that's why you're watching them. And yeah. these guys were talking, and this guy was, like, uh, answering things in his question, and he was like, yeah, he's like, oh, isn't this, like, not an indie game? And the guy had to, like, explain to him. He's like, no, indie games are more than just small, you know, you know, 2D side-scrollers. They can be big production. That's not what defines indie as the game. It's it's all about the development team. And if you understand, like, you know, if they're not bought by anybody, how small the actual group is, what the budget is. So I thought it was it really shined on what you can do with what resources and what game you're actually trying to create. If that's And we live in a time now where the tools to make said games are way better and way cheaper than it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So... Um, they did a really good interview with uh, Chris Sharla. Um, he he went on to say, you know, how big this thing actually was has been growing. Um, I think they they've helped out over two thousand developers over the last seven years. I think they said something around two billion dollars worth of profit has been made for you know between all these teams. They've helped out. He was really kind of expressing that you know don't be intimidated. You know we're here to which is ID at Xbox. You know. Uh, they're here to nurture that relationship between you and Microsoft and things like that. So, you know, I really love that they were expressing, you know, if you guys have a game or an idea, like don't sit on it. Like now's the time to do it. And that's why I think this showcase did such a special job. It really was just like, guys, games can be everything and anything. And the only way to get it started is to do it. And I thought it was really, really encouraging. I like that they kind of pushed that idea too, because lately too, what are some of the bigger juggernauts uh, among us? It was like a huge, huge juggernaut game. And that game is indie. 
Fall Guys. Fall Guys. That, Fall, the biggest Fall, game that, right now. That game was absolutely huge. Again, another small game. And that's how a lot of these things are starting and then just blowing up. And, I mean, coming back to the event, I think ideally maybe what I would have liked is just show me all the games and have the interviews as, like, a side video that I can go and look up later, personally. Because when I'm watching these events, like after show. I just want to see all the stuff. Yeah, that could be after show. And I get that they deserve their time. But also kind of forcing someone to sit there and watch that when you're already not as interested in whatever. I think that would have been a better way to kind of retain that attention. Yeah, I think it really, what it did, what it did is it slowed down momentum. I mean, it really went from being, like, it started off strong. It went fast. It was showing you game, like, game, good, game, game, good, like, yeah. two minute, two minute, two minute. And then the games that were a little smaller, they kind of sped by. And then they showed game, game. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is what I like to see. This is what I want. This is what I want to be knowing about. And then it's like, oh, now here's this 30 minute interview with a game that if you're not interested in is really just going to sap your strength. And I remember sitting there going, okay, this is now my pee break. This is my <laughs> time to go get a beer. But um, overall, really good. And I think the biggest thing to take away is what Microsoft is actually going to be getting out of this because there's over 20 games now that are all coming day one to the Game Pass, right? They had a whole clip that kind of showed all that stuff. So, Andrew, now we can kind of talk about what games stood out to you because Microsoft is getting a lot of these. What games did you see out of this whole 100-plus that really caught your eye? I think my favorite game actually out of all, out of all of them was called Death's Door where you play a, now good. Where you play a crow and pretty much the crows are almost like the Grim Reaper. They're supposed to go collect souls, like collect people and send them to the afterworld. And you go to this other world where I guess people just haven't been dying for a long time. And so you're just going through and trying to fight everyone, pretty much killing everyone and kind of sending them to the afterlife. And I don't know why. I just thought that was like the coolest, most creative thing that I absolutely love that game. That and like the art style that they kind of use for it too, especially with like the little like mini cutscenes and stuff like that. Like the crows walking. And there's another one who's a rude asshole, like blowing smoke in his face and stuff. Like I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Like I thought it was a really funny macabre game. Yeah, and even though you know that was one of the ones that had one of the interviews. So I mean, you know, even though that one was a game that I was interested in, even that interview was a little janky. You know, it was kind of being tossed around. So I, my biggest criticism is that the next time they do it, they need to have some professionals asking the questions so they can hit. You know, so we can get the answers that we want. Um, one of the games I was liking was uh, Nobody Saves the World. And that was another one they kind of talked on where you're this kind of ghost looking boy and he ends up being able to get a power that oh, turns him into the rat. You know, I remember and then one after that, is, that yeah. you can start um, learning how to get new abilities and new forms and you can start stacking it, going through the dungeon. Like that was really unique and really, uh, really stood out to me. Uh, like Lost um, Eidolons looked really good. The um, Astria Ascending, me and you were both talking about. Yeah, it looks like Final Fantasy twelve, and it says it has people on there from like Final Fantasy ten and seven remake. Me and him were actually just talking about another game on there. It's called Craftopia. That it again, me and him aren't like world builders like Minecraft and stuff. So that's where it kind of lost us. But up until it showed that, it actually looked really cool. It almost looked like a mix of like Zelda and Monster Hunter. I was like, okay, this looks really cool. But then you see like a bajillion cows doing something. I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of out on that now. Yeah. But like if someone's just building shit or whatever, that's kind of cool. And then it also shows again other games that are coming out getting a console edition like Rust. Rust is like a huge, huge PC game. And that's definitely something that I would play because I love going in there to that like PvP environment where it's like, you know, you either win it all or you lose it all. Like I'm okay with the idea of someone killing me and I lose all my progress and now I'm just starting over again or I could kill them and then take all their shit. Like I love griefing other people. That to me is part of that fun. So as soon as I seen the dude carrying the rock, I was like, oh damn, that's cool. That's definitely gonna be something I'm gonna download as soon as that comes out. Yeah, so this thing I thought did a very, very good job of showing that there's 
there's something for, for everybody. Like yeah. there's, there's, I don't think anyone could walk out of this going, I wouldn't play any of those games. Right. So um, if you guys want to check it out, the link is in the description. You can watch it. Like I said, I mean, saddle up. It's almost like watching the goddamn Snyderverse. It's it's a three hour presentation. So if you're gonna watch it, buckle in because there's a lot to take. And I think this is nothing but good for Microsoft. And if they can do an, a presentation that's this big, I mean, maybe tighten it up a little bit, hone in on some of the weaknesses. This could be something that I don't want to say replaces E3, but definitely no one's going to criticize negatively compared to like quick little 15 minute Nintendo directs or something like that. I mean, you walk out of there learning a lot more than you did walking in. And I think that's really the concept and the point of doing these things. And uh, kudos to them. It was the first one they put together. And in my mind, it was successful. I just hope though that this is just maybe one of these now... Uh, like a three throughout the year. Like, I don't need one of these every month. Yeah, give me the next one in September. You know, l- l- showcase some of the fall games and then what's going to be coming early next year. Yeah, so and, like, uh, like, we'll a, like a two indie show a year that's like that long or something like that. Tighten it up. What, what You know, whatever the case may be. But as long as it's not, yeah, like an every month thing, because then I'd be like, okay, well, this is getting a little bit over. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let us know in the comments, guys, what you liked, what you thought stood out from there. And, uh, you know, your overall consensus of the review and or their, uh, the show because I think they did a pretty good job. So, with that being said, anything else you want to add on the, the showcase? Not really for so, the next topic. So, the next topic, guys, that we want to get into is that there's going, be, there's going to be a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Now, if you guys oh. are familiar with it, this was uh, the game that came out on July 17th, 2020 by Sucker Punch productions um it was a game that came out it was a third person action adventure stealth game it was met with a lot of success this is going to be the uh the teaming up with sony pictures and the john wick director uh chad stahelski and let me just read a little thing so this comes from playstation blog and this is from nate fox who's the game director and he had to say We are happy to partner with Sony Pictures to make this happen, and Jin is in very good hands with the film's director. Chad Stahelski created something special with John Wick. His vision for for what could be, backed up by years of experience, combined to create some of the finest action scenes ever created. If anyone could bring to life the razor-sharp tension of Jin's katana combat, it's Chad Stahelski. Also, I'm happy to say we've sold more than 6.5 million copies of Ghost of Tsushima now. And that roughly half of those people have made it all the way through the game. Can you believe that? That's around 3.25 million times the digital Mongols have been kicked out of digital Tsushima. Uh, the article goes on a little bit more and a little bit prior to uh, his thoughts of it. But I got to say, that's pretty quick for a brand new IP to come out. Right. And the next thing you know, they're making a movie out of it, Andrew. What are your initial thoughts out of this and hearing that it's now the John Wick director. I That's <laughs> kind of what really made me so because I love John Wick but I'm actually just excited for it in general because there's I, I don't know if I talk about it as much as anything else but I actually really really love samurai movies especially like the silent like black and white ones and stuff like that and westerns. Yeah, you so do. those are like two of I feel like kind of my like hidden like niche likes. I you know I love comics and all that stuff more than whatever, and I talk about those all the time. But those are my two like smaller things that I like absolutely love. So I'm really excited for something like that. Yeah, it's I cool. love watching because like that, that game. If anyone's played it or at least watched you know people play it, go on Twitch and see it or something like that. It's it's got some very interesting combat mechanics, and if you're gonna take kind of the John Wick gun fu style to kind of you know almost like a like a stealth Batman kind of approach, like an Arkham style approach. I'm very curious to see how that gets pulled off, but 
it's it's interesting to note that the PlayStation is starting to make a lot more of their first party in the movies, and that's been an initiative they've actually tried to get going with all the property that they own. Because we also got to note that Uncharted is going to be coming out pretty soon. You know, that's a game that they've got. They also they didn't produce, but they distributed Monster Hunter, which recently just came out. They've got The Last of Us uh, TV show that's on its way that looks sounds very good. Um, one that no one really talks about is they they have that unofficial like Ratchet and Clank. I was about to say movie they did have a Ratchet and Clank that's on movie. there. Um, the highly successful Into the Spider Verse is a Sony Picture movie, and I would assume that the next one they might try to tackle. If so, you know, if if I had to pick something, maybe like a God of War, but done. You know, if you're gonna take your first party uh, properties, making a uh, a different you know film or TV, I'd like to see it kind of done like The Witcher, like do it as a show, like The Last of Us. And not make something like that a movie. Is there anything else out of uh, Sony IP that you think would uh, I, I would have thought more if they were going to go before they go God of War. Would go like Infamous. Oh. Because that's almost kind of like Heroes or like X-Men. or You know, we have plenty of examples of how to do something like that and how to not do something like that. That they can kind of pick and choose and be like, okay, you know, here's our world. Here's whatever. Go with it now. And we know the direction we're going to go in. So Ooh, I'd like I, I think that could easily be something because they have something to compare it to. Whereas God of War, I mean, what can you really compare that to? Like, as far as like other TV shows or movies, just so that way you know, like, okay, we're not the first foray into this, and it's gonna be dog shit, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they kind of take that Witcher approach, where it's just more grittier and it's just more, you know, that fast kind of combat, because they could really, I mean, retell the story. It doesn't have to be, you know, any of the games per se. It could be a new a reimagining of Kratos and a God of War. So, I mean, I just. I'm nervous to see because I know Uncharted has been looked has been talked so far that even I think Tom Holland said in an interview that like he's not happy with it. So um, something about and, it, yeah. And, so. and until we see like The Last of Us, and until we see at least more of Uncharted, um, all we really have to piggyback this off of is like the Spider Verse. So I'm on paper, it sounds cool. Ghost of Tsushima, John Wick director. So you know this just happened the other day. So all we can do is, you know, cross our fingers and hope that it's going to move in the right direction. But I think once we see if, uh, like, Mortal Kombat comes and kicks ass, then I'd be, you know, more super stoked for to have a Ghost of Tsushima I'm so movie. excited for that movie. Yeah. I think I'm too excited that I'm going to be let down, even if it's, like, a 10, because I'm so excited. Oh, he's looking for those 12s. Uh, anything else you want to add to the Ghost of Tsushima? It just came out, so we don't have release dates. We don't have actors in it. I and mean, there's really not much to say other than that it's as of right now, happening. I'm just glad to see, like, more games kind of be taken into a different medium and be taken, like, serious. I mean, do you have any sort of movie that you would want done that's already not being, like, produced or rumored, like the Metal Gear or something like that? Do you have anything in your mind? I just got a war would be the only thing I can think of that I would want, personally. Outside of that, I mean... We haven't had enough good ones for me to like want to risk or like talking about anything else. I mean, I like um, Advent Children with Final Fantasy. You know, that's as close to a great video game movie that I can think of. I'm not sure what else I would put into that context. I, mean, I know you like Resident Evil movies, but we've been we've been down that path before. Yeah, and that's coming too. So I mean, hope here, here's hoping that next one will be done correctly. Um, I think I would like a good. If it had to be like a movie or something like that, like. Dead Space. I know you haven't played Ooh, it, but I mean it's small, it's tight, it's it's almost pretty much like what Alien is, and I don't think that I. I mean, even so, Alien really hasn't been like that in a while. So we could definitely still do something like that because it's a mixture of Alien and uh, like House of the Dead with like the over the top kind of gore and everything like that. Yeah, I definitely think we could do something like that, and that would turn out. Badass. And yeah, I keep forgetting that Paramount Plus is still geared up to do Halo. 
So I know Halo we've been talking about for 10 years, but that should be on its way as well. Steven so. Spielberg's Halo? <laughs> so we're still we're still moving in the right direction for games being adapted. Ad- adapted. Adapted? Adaptated. Adaptated. <laughs> Buckle on that one. Uh, into movies and, 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 uh, and uh, films. So we'll see what happens. So with that being said, that is the end of story two. Now it's time for a little everything it up. I'll go first. Nice. Knock it out. Because I don't even know what yours is. But mine is just something small. And that's that Reggie from Nintendo, Reggie Fils-Aimé, um, is one of eight directors that are going to be retiring here at the next 2021 GameStop meeting. So I feel like it's a little weird that he's already stepping down because he's only been there for a year. Yeah, if that. <laughs> and I remember it was like super big news, super high news. Everyone was writing high, like, okay, cool. If someone, I know we said it, if someone could, you know, turn GameStop around and be him. So I wonder if it, his plan was only to go in there for a year, give them maybe like, here's a plan. All you guys have to do is follow it. Don't fuck it up. And then I'm out after a year. Just pay me whatever. And that was the thing. Or if he really got on board, was like, never mind. You know, this is a shit show. I can't do that. I'm going to, you know, get out of here before the ship sinks. Yeah, I was trying to read a little more into it. It doesn't really, like, pinpoint why. And, again, this is yeah, I, I can just see popped up the either. other day. So I'm sure in the next week or so we're going to figure out more of what Reggie's up to. But uh kind of sucks. You know, we're all high. Gun-ho for him to jump on. And then as soon as the stock rises and as soon as it falls, he's out. So maybe that was part of Reggie's plan all along. Yeah, he was part of the uh, GameStop. <laughs> the GameStop stock. So... Um, let me pull up here. So my riff, guys, is that uh, People Can Fly, the makers of Outriders, which is the game we talked about previously coming out on April 1st, has announced that it's well, it's going to start branding all cheaters in Outriders. So, I love that. Yeah, this is really interesting. So uh, during the demo that just came out recently, it says that People Can Fly identified around 200 cheaters during that demo, which came out to just being 0.01% of the player base. And they're hoping it won't grow. But what they're trying to do, so to prevent this from happening, future cheating, uh, they've implemented a number of repercussions for cheaters, which will be account-wide. So this is what's going to happen if you get caught cheating. Uh, You will not be able to uh, matchmake with legit players. Matchmaking will likely take significantly longer. You will still be able to play solo. And in the future, your HUD will have a discreet but visible watermark placed on it so that gameplay footage created on this account can be readily identified as coming from a flagged account. So anybody trying to stream or Twitch, you know, there's going to be that stamp on there that's saying at some point you cheated. And they go on to say, like, what, you know, factors in cheating. But we don't got to go through that because cheating's cheating if you're going to be on PC and doing that. And it's clever, but I don't... Is this the game you start with? Like, shouldn't this have been on, like... Call of Duty accounts, Halo accounts, PUBG accounts, Dude. Fortnite accounts, you know, Gears of War accounts. Why is, why is the Square Enix Outriders the one that's like the flagship for kind of leaning this forward? Don't even talk to me about Call of Duty because I keep running into fucking cheaters even after they do all these bans. And I don't just assume because someone kicked my ass that they're a cheater. I die and then you go to the Gulag and of course you have to die to that person. So I will willingly go out of my way to win my fucking Gulag match fly down to where I died at and just run at the guy with the pistol so he'll kill me so I could spectate the rest of his match to ensure that this person is a cheater because I don't want to keep playing if the guy's just going to aimbot me. I don't want to make the effort to get to the end. And I'll mark him as cheaters and you can go in there and block him, but there's so many fucking times where I'll go back to launch Mm -hmm. a game too and it says, oh, 
you've been paired with somebody you blocked before. Would you like to stay in here? And Ooh. I'm like, why the fuck is this person still in here? You can't tell me that this guy sitting with 70 <laughs> kills at the end, none of these other fucking people didn't report him, and that he's still just out here headshotting everybody like from across the fucking map. So it's just ridiculous, dude. I'm fed up with cheaters, and if this was my house, I would throw this beer <laughs> on the floor. So it's, I mean, I guess it's a good first, I, I don't want to call it a first step, because I don't know what other I like the branding happened, idea of yeah, that. Yeah, that's really cool. So if you are streaming, like that one dude, we saw they got busted live and his friends are asking like oh you got caught his, his account got shut down like yeah if you're gonna keep cheating like the, the world's gonna know about it you know what i mean and it shame is, yeah for shame shame and the fact that um you know you're not gonna be able to play with legit players so that means for now on you're gonna be put in lobbies with other cheaters and you're not gonna be able to keep playing the game it's just i just love that they have to wait like twice as long to get into it game. just might hurt a brand new ip coming out of the gate and getting people playing it consistently and streaming it if that's something they run into. I don't really know what the statistics would be. I mean, obviously they're saying it was 0.01% of the player base was caught in the demo. Like, people were in the demo. We're, we're already cheating, cheating it, trying to, trying to um, not so much farm, because they said farming's fine, but they were doing certain glitches and things like that to, to take advantage of it. And I think this needs to be implemented across the board because it's just completely unfair, and at least might as well brand them. I'll tell you right now that I support it, and even if this game's dog shit, I'll give it at least a week's worth of my time just because of that. <laughs> so uh, that is it for my riff. Um, with that being said, let's move into questions of the week. And if you guys want to submit a question of the week, just leave it in the comments. We will uh, we'll pull one out. It can be about anything. You guys want to talk about beer? Not even if you want gaming, to. You just should. We love books, answering Yeah, them. about anything you guys want. So this one comes from my dear mother, Lisa Perales, because I've gotten her. I've been playing so much D&D, I've gotten her in the D&D now. She's fascinated. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. She's fascinated in, like, the lore, the storytelling. My mom was a teacher growing, you know, as I was a kid growing up. So, and she, when she used to read us books as a kid, she would do it, like, in voice and in character. So, I, I never realized to put D&D in her mind. And once I did, dude, she went off with it. So, her question is... I'm really interested in playing d and I'm creating a half-orc fighter as my first character. And I have a question for you, Craig. What advice would you give to a first-time player? And what advice would you give to a first-time DM? Thanks. Um, and again, I'm not the most experienced D&D player or Dungeon Master. I, I, I play and I've played. So all I can say is um, don't be overwhelmed because it's tomes of knowledge it's tomes of things you got to read and i got overwhelmed looking at yeah i know andrew was at the house and i have all the books on the table and he's just like like where do you start with like what is this you know and i would say yeah you can't be intimidated by it it's really it's like pirates of the caribbean they're more like guidelines you know than actual rules if you want to start playing it play how you want to play the books are there to for you to kind of use um take your time make your character be patient and definitely use your imagination because in reality you don't really need all the books that people tell you that you need so again simplest advice would be don't be overwhelmed and take it one step at a time you don't need to learn all of it overnight it's really just a lot of fact checking and things like that so um, i'm hoping a couple other people that i know watch these videos that play a lot more DD than i do can jump in and give more advice but my main thing is, is make sure you're with a group that you want to play with because I've been in groups where, you know, there's three out of the five people that just like rub me the wrong way. You don't want to have your, you know, that's supposed to be the fun of the week. You don't want to be around people that you don't want, that you don't like having fun with. And the other thing is just don't be overwhelmed because it's a lot and you don't need to learn it all overnight. So, Andrew, any advice on this in D&D? &D? I mean, 
uh, keep your paladin right next to the mage. <laughs> so uh, that is the only question we had for the week, guys. So let's move into the ending bit of the contest. The new contest that Andrew and I have is that we are giving away a Nintendo Switch Lite. This little beauty, this aqua beauty right here. It is blue. You cannot choose another color. You can't. What, did somebody ask? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um, so I think last time we did choose whatever color you want. Yeah, fuck that. So <laughs> the way it's going to work is that um, starting from episode 83, which was our last episode, running all the way to episode 90, you guys can leave in the comment down below, hashtag Switch Lite. That's going to be an entry per video. So you get one entry per 83, 84, all the way to 90. At the end of the day, we take a winner out of each episode, put them into a hat, draw it. That's how you win the Switch Lite. Now, in the comment, you have to say, amongst other things, hashtag Switch Lite. And that's how, that's going to be your entry. And at, at 91, we announce the winner. Anything else on that? Do we make it any... Make sure that you are subscribed again, as I cannot stress it enough. If you are not subscribed, we're not going to tell you. Even if you won, we'll just pull another name. It doesn't matter. We check everybody's before we pull them from the hat. We got programs for that. Yeah, so we're watching you. Hey, we are watching you. So, guys, if you have any further questions about the contest, write to us um, at our email, lastcoupleprojection at gmail.com. Leave it in the comments. Find us on Twitter or Instagram. I'm more than happy to go further into it. But literally, it's just hashtag... Switch light in each episode up until the day of the winner. So, and it's spelled like the console L I T E L I T. If I see one goddamn L I G H T, you're out of there. So, guys, that is the end of this episode. Hope you had fun. Leave all your comments down below. My name is Craig Prowse. That is the ever so handsome Mandru Montemayor. And until next time, cheers. Skunk you later. <laughs>